Hello, welcome to episode 15 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm here with Adam Kersenblatt. And in this episode, we'll look into the WHL playoff race as the postseason picture is starting to come into focus. We'll also introduce you to some WHL future stars who made themselves noticed at last week's Canada Winter Games. We've got the Anaheim Ducks as our NHL team of the week. And we'll wrap up as always by checking in on the latest from Connor Bedard. Uh, we're recording this late on Tuesday on a very busy trade day how's it going for you adam what's going on well obviously it's been a little bit hectic today with all of the trades um yeah but other than that you know some pretty exciting who action um gotta see two teams basically clinch their playoff spots this past weekend against the giants busy week for the giants um outside of that you know just been busy all around help or i help organize a cosm hockey league here in richmond so it's our playoffs last weekend and this weekend. So just very, very busy um, making sure that, you know, all the games get done. I think we had 22 games alone on Saturday that we had to run through. So that's uh, been keeping me super busy, but excited to see, you know, what's going to happen this week in the WHL, especially with the Giants, considering that they have four games and they really need to go three and one in these four games uh, to solidify themselves in the playoffs. Uh, all right, we'll get a get into a little bit more on the uh, on the standings in a little bit. Um, last week, I was at Rogers Arena on Saturday night, so I got to see Linus Almark's goalie goal, which was uh, a pretty uh, fun experience, especially talking to him afterwards and just sort of getting a sense of how excited he was about uh, about that. Uh, we'll also be at the two Canucks games this week against Minnesota on Thursday and against Toronto on Saturday, and uh, I'm wondering wondering if I'm going to have any idea who's going to be suiting up for the Leafs on Saturday night, the way that they're uh, uh, turning over their roster in the last 72 hours or so. I'm sure there'll still be a few guys that I might recognize. Um, so we've got uh, a few WHL guys that have already changed affiliations. We'll talk a bit more about that in the East. But uh, for headlines this week, let's get started, like I said, with, uh, with the standings and uh, the uh, playoff picture coming into focus. Can you bring us up to date on that? So we had quite a few teams clinch in the last um, seven days. So in the East, we had two teams with Red Deer and Saskatoon. And then in the West, we had Tri-City, Everett, and Prince George. So what the playoff picture looks like right now is that there's sp six spots in the West that are claimed. So Seattle, Kamloops, and Portland look like they're going to be in that one, two, three spot in that order. And then we have Tri-City, Everett, and Prince George who are fighting for spots four, five, and six. Uh, they're very close. So... We'll see where that ends up. And then in the East, we only have three teams claimed as of right now. So Winnipeg, Red Deer, and Saskatoon. Winnipeg's running away with it. Red Deer and Saskatoon are still in that fight for second place. So we'll see what happens. The big story, though, is revolving around the Tri-City Americans. They finished at the bottom of the standing. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, they finished at the bottom of the standings last season. Last in the Western Conference with 44 points. They're in the playoffs this year. So that is a massive... Uh, jump for Tri-City and it's great to see you know that they're not just making the playoffs that they're solidifying themselves in that you know second tier of teams they could have the fourth uh, slot and have home ice advantage in the first round like just think about a team that was dead last in the conference one year ago and you know they didn't make some significant changes but they grew as a team and now they're in this position to really you know make some noise in the playoffs uh, especially if depending on what matchup they get. 
And then on top of that, we have the Battle of the Top Seed. So Winnipeg had nine, has 95 points in 55 games. Seattle, 92 points in 56 games. Both teams have won their last 10 games. And a reminder that there is it is a 68-game schedule in the WHL. So we're going to see quite a few number of teams qualify this weekend and or over the next uh, weekend. So just a, it's not an 82-game schedule like the NHL. It's 68 games. So we're coming down to the, you know, those last 10, 15 games for most of the teams. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be getting close to, to the wire very soon. Um, another note on Winnipeg, as you uh, mentioned to me earlier today, they had a uh, interesting Tuesday afternoon game against the Edmonton Oil Kings today and beat them ten to one. So uh, uh, just once again asserting their uh, their their dominance and acting like they're the. Uh, the, the Seattle Thunderbirds. Seattle has just gone on a huge run. Like you said, they've won 10 in a row. And I was looking at their last five games. They've outscored their opponents collectively by a score of uh, 33 to 3. So there were like some 7 nothings and some 8 ones and all kinds of like big, tough, uh, tough wins um, for the for the Thunderbirds through that stretch. Um, now, one of their players uh, has been involved in one of the trades that went down on Tuesday. Um, their forward, Reed Schaefer, has uh, been part of the package that Edmonton put together to send to Nashville in exchange for uh, Matthias Ekholm. So um, that means Schaefer is going to still be th teammates with his uh, Thunderbirds teammate, Luke Prokop, in the Predators organization going forward. So uh, that will be one familiar face for him as he moves on to his new organization. But uh, I'm sure as an Edmonton kid, this has got to be a little bit of a, a blow for him because he was really, really excited to be drafted by his hometown team and uh, possibly be joining some of those other hometown Oilers like Stuart Skinner and some of the other guys that are uh, in the Edmonton organization. So that's kind of a, a big jump. Um, my sense is that Schaefer may end up slotting into the Nashville lineup in a couple of years um, where Tanner Jeannot was until he was traded away on the weekend. He's another dub guy who played for, uh, for Moose Jaw and got traded away from Nashville for a huge haul of picks and another dub guy in Cal Foot. Uh, and uh, the trade to Tampa Bay is going to reunite Jeannot with Braden Point, and the two of them played together on the Warriors for a couple of years. So uh, I feel like as much as the Lightning have gotten roasted a little bit for how much they gave up to get Janot, I think they have a little bit of inside intel on uh, what they think he can bring to their team. Yeah, a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and speaking of Kelowna Rockets, you know, Calfoot, Luke Shen just traded as well, former Kelowna Rocket right there, to uh, Toronto. And it's always fun to kind of track these dub guys on where they end up because we spent so much time talking about the trade deadline in the WHL and players like Dylan Gunther or um, yeah, like, like, yeah, like Dylan Gunther with the Seattle Thunderbirds, like uh, going over to Seattle from Edmonton. And we talk about all of these players, like where they're going next. And then a couple weeks later, they could be traded a second time. Their rights could be traded. So it is just a very interesting um, time of the year where, a lot of the different um, game sheets that we get as media members when we attend uh, WHL games look a little bit different than the last time we went to uh, WHL games. Yeah, because everything just keeps on changing. And um, what you said about the Kelowna Rockets, too, also reminded me Tyson Berry was a Kelowna Rocket, too, was he not? Yes. 
He was one of the rare BCHL, WHL guys who had success in both leagues. Yeah, I had the BCHL thing in my head as well, which is why I was trying to stealthily double check that. So he was the other active player who went to Nashville as well in that trade for Ekholm. So um, the Preds are actually loading up uh, on on two WHL guys to replace the uh, departed Tanner Janot as they uh, embark on their next phase, a brand new phase in their organization with David Poyle about to retire as GM now at the end of the year and uh, and Barry Trotz taking over. Crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and who knows? Maybe that pick that Edmonton sends to Nashville becomes a WHO player, um, especially looking at the next, you know, this this WHO crop that's coming up, not just this year, but over the next couple of years. Yeah, and Nashville certainly has uh, has trained their eyes in the WHL direction on more than one occasion in the past, so it wouldn't be a surprise to see. Um, so on that note, let's look at the three stars of the week and uh, serendipitously. Before this whole trade nonsense went down on Tuesday afternoon, uh, we already had Reed Schaefer slotted into our third star position with Seattle after this huge week. So tell us about uh, why he's deserving of that spot. So Reed Schaefer uh, had a great week, four goals, four assists, 14 shots. Uh, Oilers 2022 first round pick now with Nashville, as we just mentioned, he's up to 47 points in 44 games. Uh, he scored in all three of the games. So all, and all three ended up being wins, so he contributed that way. But Reed Schaefer is an interesting player because even though he has been talked about as on this podcast in the past, uh, he's not really a player that is mentioned a lot when we're talking about like the new look Seattle. So there's a lot of talk with Brad Lambert and Dylan Gunther, uh, who are his line mates at the moment. Kevin Korczynski is another name. Uh, Luke Prokoff, as you mentioned. And then you have players like Thomas Millage, and Scott Ratzlaff, and Jared Davidson. So it's it's kind of, even though he's a first rounder and he's over a point a game player and he was on Team Canada, it, he's kind of that guy that do, that doesn't really, that we don't really focus on him much. Um, he flies under the radar a bit. So it will be interesting to see where what he does in the playoffs because at six foot three and over 200 pounds, he has that build for the playoffs. He had 21 points last year. I think he's just going to explode this year, especially with, as I said, Brad Lambert and Dylan Gunther as on your, uh, on your line. They have three first round picks from the NHL draft on one line. So yeah, I know. yeah. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Um, and yeah, for sure. Schaefer came onto my radar during the, uh, the Thunderbirds playoff run to, uh, to the WHL final last year. And uh, I dare say he came onto some scouts radars as well. And so that's how he ended up being that first round pick for the Oilers. So like you said, um, if the Thunderbirds are going to realize their aspirations of going all the way this year, um, he's one of, I don't know, 18 guys that are like top, top prospects that are all going to have to uh, carry a big part of the load to make it happen. Uh, for our second star, uh, do not rewind your podcast because if you've heard this before, you're not mistaken. We just talked about Chase Wheatcroft from uh, Prince George two weeks ago, but uh, he has worked his way back into the conversation again. Why is that? So, uh, yeah, as you said, we talked about him a couple of years ago and, you know, it's, we try to give as many players as possible and uh, attention in this. So, but Chase Weecroft basically made it impossible for us not to include him in this week. Five goals, seven assists, 10 shots in two games. He, uh, as 
you said he was the second star of the week back on February 14th. So a couple weeks ago, he's fourth in the league with 82 points in 55 games. Uh, he's also tied for 39 goals. Now, what's interesting about Chase Weecroft is he only had 38 points all of last year, and now he's at 39 goals. So really huge jump for the 20-year-old. Uh, he had a hat-trick versus Victoria, and then he had that really impressive game winner on the perfect night when Prince George played the Vancouver Giants on TSN. So if you're going to have a massive game where you score the OT winner, that is probably the best game to do it. Um, yeah, and uh, and Wheatcroft is a 20-year-old. Uh, He'll turn 21 in May, so he's basically looking to uh, get his name and his skill set out into the public eye so that somebody picks him up and signs him as a free agent at some point this spring, right? Yeah, um, I know that on the TSN broadcast, they kept um, talking about how Wheatcroft is, is going to be uh, picked up by somebody. We'll see if it's an NHL or an AHL contract, but regardless, I think that the percentage that he will play in the in some sort of North American Pro League next year is very, very high. Uh, okay, um, then moving on to our first star of the week. If the 10-0 Seattle Thunderbirds get a spot, then I guess we have to give one to the 10-0 Winnipeg Ice as well. And uh, that is a first-time draft eligible forward in Zach Benson. Yeah, Zach Benson... Um, dynamic high-end skill winger you know friends with Connor Bedard uh growing up they played on in Vancouver in the Vancouver area together growing up but four goals seven assists 10 shots in the last three games he's now up to second in the league scoring with 92 points in 54 games uh that's you know it's pretty incredible to just stop and think for a moment that the top two players in the WHL are draft eligible players like that ha I don't think that's ever happened and I don't think it I, I think that the chance that it will happen again are very slim. Um, but that's what happens when you have an exceptional player and a guy like Zach Benson who's just lighting the league on fire. Um, uh, you know, projected top 10 pick, probably top, maybe even top five. And it's really interesting to watch Zach Benson play to this level when you have guys like Connor Geeky, Matt, Matthew Savoy, Carson Lambos, uh, and all of these other drafted players on Winnipeg and it's the undrafted player who's stepped up and is leading this team. We'll see how he plays in the playoffs, but that's going to be really exciting because uh, there is a potential that we will see Zach Benson versus Connor Bedard in the first round. That would be pretty cool. That would be a, a good fight for sure. And uh, yeah. And, and Benson's situation certainly is the illustrator of all the hype that we heard about the 2023 draft class. Like when you think about where he sits and compared to those in comparison to his older first rounder teammates, um, it does sort of underscore that maybe there, there, there is a higher level of true talent in this 2023 class than what we've seen over the, uh, over the past few drafts. But uh, let's leave those guys behind for this week and go really young and uh, turn our attention to the Canada Winter Games. We've got uh, a few players who have um, WHL affiliations already. This is an under-16 tournament that happened last week in Prince Edward Island. So these kids are or 15 or just barely turned 16. And uh, we've got a bunch of them that have uh, sort of made a bit of a mark and uh, turns, turned some heads. So start us off with, uh, with the, the guy who made quite a few headlines over the last seven days, Gavin McKenna. It's Gavin McKenna, UConn, uh, that's the team he played for. They finished 10th overall. 
Uh, he set the tournament record with 14 goals and 28 points in five games. He also had 14 assists, which is second all time. Uh, he was the first overall draft pick in Medicine Hat. Now, I do have to make a correction, uh, and thank you to James Tubb of the Medicine Hat News for re pointing this out. He isn't an exceptional player, but um, he definitely he didn't apply to be an exceptional player, so he wasn't granted that opportunity in the WHL, even though arguably he could have uh, applied. Um, but that's that's something for the past. Um, obviously, he had a fantastic uh, tournament. He's right now playing for SAHA U18 prep uh, team, with, and he has 36 goals and 73 points in 25 games. And he only turned 15 uh, what, less than three months ago. <laughs> and he's already had you know, better tournament than guys. He had a better tournament than guys like Sidney Crosby, Steven Stamkos, Nathan McKinnon. You know, the list goes on. Shane Wright is another name. Alex Petrangelo, Jordan Eberle, like... You know how the, he just put on a performance that we will not forget about for a long time, and just to see you know him push UConn as far as they possibly could uh, is really incredible to watch. Yeah, I, I I know we were talking about this during the week. I don't know if uh, if you ended up checking. Did he have a point in every single one of UConn's goals? goals that were scored in the tournament i know it's super close right yeah it was super close um the stats changed uh like <laughs> i uh i i i read some statistics and then uh, they changed a little bit so i hadn't double checked after the change but yeah um as far as i am concerned i think it was 96 percent i had it at of the goals so i think it was one or two goals that he didn't get a point on in the end um, so yeah, I think we yeah. can safely say that Gavin was, uh, was carrying that, uh, that UConn team in a pretty significant way. Um, now moving a little closer to home in BC, we've got, uh, Cameron Schmidt, who's British Columbia team finished in fourth place in the tournament. Yeah. So this, uh, is the Vancouver Giants seventh overall, uh, pick from, uh, 2022. He had three goals, five assists in five games, uh, five foot eight, 143 pounds from Prince George. He's turned 16 in January. Um, they lost 7-3 to Quebec in the bronze medal game. That was a little bit unfortunate, but he is playing in a very high uh, program with the Rink Hockey Academy in Kelowna right now at the U18 level. 11 goals, 19 points in 12 games. Uh, I have watched both of his WHL games. He scored on his very first shot in the WHL. He's a pretty dynamic uh, forward who has a great shot, and we'll see how the Giants utilize him uh, going down the stretch and in the playoffs because I think that, especially if there's another injury to the Vancouver Giants team, that that could be the next player that's definitely called up. Oh, cool. Interesting. That's always cool to see uh, a young kid get a chance. I'm sure he'd be really excited about that. Now, turning to Alberta, we've got uh, another forward, and this is Cash Cash Cook, right? Yes. So Cash Cook, um, uh, in, uh, the name is a little bit deceiving because it is spelled K-O-C-H, but it is pronounced Cook. Uh, he plays for Alberta, lost to Quebec in the quarterfinals, and then they beat Manitoba in the uh, consolation game. So they finished in fifth place. Uh, he turned 16 at the end of May, uh, end of March. Sorry. Uh, Tri-City, 2022, 24th overall pick. So this is a second rounder in the WHL draft. He was tied for the team lead in goals and points. Uh, two goals, one assist in five games. Alberta didn't have a high-flying offense. They had three players that had three points, and those were their team leaders in points. Um, so that they played very low-scoring games. Uh, he has 
uh, one goal with Tri-City in four games so far, and he's currently playing in edge at the Edge School U18 prep, which is a very um, high-ranked high school when it comes to WHL talent. It's located in the Calgary area. He's got 10 goals and 24 points in 26 games. Good size at stick at 15, almost 16, at 5'10", 181 pounds. Okay. And then uh, we've got Manitoba finishing sixth in the tournament. Uh, they lost to Alberta in that consolation game we talked about. And uh, from Brandon, we have forward Cole Temple as the standout player from the Manitoba squad. Yeah, so he won't be a teammate of Connor Bedard next year, but he was a teammate of Connor Bedard this year because he was drafted fifth overall by Regina in 2022. He has played seven games this year. He has zero points with Regina. Um, he's currently with the Brandon Wheat Kings U18 AAA team. Uh, that has no affiliation with the actual Brandon Wheat Kings, but 25 goals, 58 points in 35 games, five foot nine, 150 pounds. So we'll see how he develops. And it looks like you know with Bedard leaving, he will have every opportunity to have an uh, to have a spot on that team next year. Okay, and our last Canada Winter Games player from Saskatchewan. I'm going to take a shot at this name, Joby Boomuller, uh, something along those lines. Uh, the Saskatchewan team won the silver medal, losing out in overtime to Ontario in the gold medal game. Uh, Joby comes from Wilcox, Saskatchewan, which you may have heard of as the home of the uh, famous Athel Murray College of Notre Dame school that has churned out uh, enormous amounts of NHL talent. Everybody from uh, uh, Jordan Eberle and Morgan Riley and Tyler Myers in the current crop to coaches like Barry Trotz and John Cooper and Rod Brindamore. So um, what's the uh, what's the lowdown on Joby? So very good tournament for Joby. Five goals, five assists in six games. He led the team in both goals and points. 12th overall by the Brandon Wee Kings in the WHL draft last year. Uh, he had four games with Brandon so far this year, zero points. But as you mentioned, he's with the uh, Notre Dame U18 AAA team. He's got 25 goals, 39 points in 35 games. So we'll see if he has an opportunity next year and how much of a chance he gets with Brandon because they are a very young team and, um, you know, led by Nate Danielson. Uh, so we'll see if he becomes a full-time player next year with uh, Brandon or if he's one of these players that kind of bounces between the leagues. Okay. Um, so those are some, uh, some, some young players to watch out for coming up into the WHL next year who may have made themselves noticed during the Canada Winter Games. Now we'll turn to our NHL Team of the Week and uh, continue. Uh, we're moving into the Pacific Division this week, actually. So we'll start off alphabetically with the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they've got quite a few players, so we'll just cover the prospects today. And uh, we'll start with a, a very noteworthy one, uh, Olin Zellweger. Yeah, Olin Zellweger, Kamloops Blazers defenseman. I, I'm sure that by this point, most people have heard of uh, this guy. You know, former Everett Silvertip was traded this past uh, trade deadline after winning his second, so his back-to-back -back World Junior gold medalist uh, with Canada at the World Juniors. Um, he was also brought over with Ryan Hofer in a trade that had 10 draft picks, including four first-rounders, as well as four players. It was one of the biggest deals that we have seen in WHO history. And there's a reason that he's worth that. He is arguably the best defenseman in the entire WHO. He's got 23 points in 35 games. Overall, he has he's fourth in the league in defensive scoring with 63 points in 42 games. 
uh, and he has points in eight of his last nine games. It, it, I know that some people are a little bit hesitant on him because he is under six feet and he is one of those smaller-ish defensemen, but, you know, Quinn Hughes looks pretty good out there. Uh, so why, you know, Olin Zellweger is, is, is part of this new crop of smaller offensively minded defensemen that are good defensively, but they're not physical. So a lot of people don't necessarily talk about them as much. Yeah. Nobody ever mentions the fact that Kale McCarr is not the biggest guy in the world either, do they? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. And then, uh, from the Calgary Hetman, we've got winger Sean Chagall. Yes, Sean Chagall, left winger. Uh, he was the 2021 fifth round pick, so 130th overall. He's worn an A for the Calgary him in the last two seasons. Six foot, 185 pounds. Uh, he's played in 50 of the 58 games. He isn't having as productive of the season this year, so his uh, points per game total is down by a little bit. But he has good, a uh, great shot and good speed. He's not afraid to be aggressive on the puck carrier, um, and even though he is. A, under his points per game total, he should set a new career high. Uh, last year, he had 23 goals. He's on. He's right now at 19, so he's on pace to pass that total from last year. So an interesting late-round prospect, especially with the fact that he does have that speed, that he is aggressive, and that he's not afraid to sit. He's he's not afraid to charge the puck carrier and make and make them make the mistake. Cool. Um, up next, we've got uh, a very young goaltender who was just drafted in 2021 and is already playing games in the AHL with the San Diego Gulls due to some uh, injury situations with the uh, with the big club up in Anaheim. Um, and uh, if you looked at him, you probably wouldn't think he was that young because he's also six foot six. And that's uh, goaltender Gage Alexander. Yeah, 2021 uh, fifth round pick, 148. So you know, a couple picks after Chagall. Um, he played for a swift current for the first half of the season, eight, five and zero record, eight ninety eight save percentage and a three forty seven goals against his last WHL game was in December, uh, on December 17th. So he's currently on the San Diego goals roster and he's really worked his way up to this opportunity. So you don't really see an, uh, you don't really see a situation where a player starts in the WHL and then goes to the ECHL and then gets an opportunity in the AHL all in the same year that doesn't involve the playoffs we sometimes see that when it's when players get you know a couple echl games at the end of the year and then maybe an ahl game at the end but never we don't rare we rarely see especially for a goaltender this type of development so obviously anaheim is very happy with him um you know his stats are not the best he's one two and one uh in at the hl level but he's also it he's also a whl goaltender he was like, like I said, he was playing in the WHL this year. So I don't really know what the expectation was for him at the HL level, but he's getting an opportunity and we'll see what, where it goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know all the details of um, Anaheim's depth chart in that, but uh, I do know that their regular backup, Anthony Stolars is injured at the NHL level. So they had to call up Lucas Dostal from the AHL. And that's what made the space that, um, that Gage Alexander has stepped into. So um, it still is a big deal to bring in a young guy 
that young to uh, to give him AHL ice when they could have gone looking and um, signed somebody from the ECHL or brought in somebody on a PTO to uh, to fill that void on injury. So to me, it suggests that they have uh, have some faith in him and are uh, hoping to you know give him a bit of a reward and see where his development goes from here. Anyways, moving on, we'll go uh, back to our regular dub. Uh, arenas and uh, look at the Red Deer Rebels where uh, Benjamin King is playing this year. Yeah, so Benjamin King drafted as a 19-year-old last year, so he's a 20-year-old this year. Um, fourth round pick, 107th in the 2022 draft. Six foot three, 203 pound center slash right wing. So he's played mostly, he, he can play center. He's played mostly on the wing, so we'll see where he develops at the NHL or HL and then at the NHL level. Um, which side he ends up playing on. But, you know, it's been a very difficult year for King because he's missed significant time with a lower body injury that he has uh, sustained on October 22nd. So he's only played 21 games, uh, games this year. You know, he is over a point a game still, but you can really tell that he's missed playing with Archdeep Baines. Um, they were dynamic last year at the WHL level. level. Benjamin King was one of the reasons that Archdeep Baines got signed by the Vancouver Canucks and Abbotsford uh, Canucks uh, this past season. So you can definitely tell that he hasn't fully adjusted to life without Baines, but still he's over a point a game player for a very good Red Deer team. And we'll see if he can continue or pick up the, the slack that Archdeep, uh, um, for Archdeep when they come to the playoffs this year. Yeah, sounds good. And then wrapping up the uh, the Anaheim prospects, we move on to Swift Current and uh, Connor Vinston. Connor Vinston, yeah, 2022 fifth round pick, 139th overall. Like we talk about, pretty good size at six foot two, 185 pound. He does play on the right wing. Um, he's had a massive jump in production since being drafted. So last year he was at 0.55 points per game. This year he's at 1.13. So he's over a point a game. Uh, he's missed a few games. He's only played 47 of them, but there's no major injuries. It's just kind of, I know he was sick at one point and just little things like that. He's on a current thir uh, three game point streak and he's really helping Swift current fight for that place. They're currently in ninth. Um, the thing about Connor Hevest is that he is a very good defensive player and that's why he was drafted. And the fact that he's now at 1.13 points per game is, is him showing that, you know, I can be more than just an offense or defensive specialist. I can provide that offense and um, show that I'm an all-around type of player. Um, fantastic. So there we go with the uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. Not doing a whole lot at the NHL level, but with lots of uh, lots of interesting prospects still coming up in their system. Uh, so for our final segment today, of course, speaking of offense, we'll uh, take a look at Connor Bedard, and uh, you can give us the rundown of what he's been up to on the uh, over the last seven days and how he did compared to our uh, our predictions and projections for him. Well, I had. Um, him having three goals and four assists, so seven points, and you took the over on that, and you were right because he had seven assists alone plus three <laughs> goals uh, in three games. So he had a goal in each uh, plus a 5.9 versus Medicine Hat, and he helped Regina pick up a big six points in the standings. They're in that area where they're in that six to ten area at the moment. Right now they're in the playoffs, so those six points are massive especially based off of the teams that they uh, played this week. So now he's up to 54 goals and 60 points and 114 and 114 points in 45 games. So to do the comparison, he's already broken what McDavid did in his draft year with 40, who had 44 goals, but the big number is 120 points in 47 games. Uh, 
So that was McDavid in his draft year, had 120 points in 47 games. And right now, Bedard is at 114 points in 45 games. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, so big week coming up for this comparison because they got three games all at home Friday, Winnipeg, Saturday, Red Deer, and Sunday versus Saskatoon. So we'll start off with Winnipeg so far this year. He has four goal, uh, four games. He's got three goals and six assists, but Regina does have an 0-5 record. So you know he'll be pumped up for that one because no team wants to go imperfect against another team in at any level. So that's game one. Game two is the big, big, big one because that is game number 47. So uh, like we said, Bedard needs six points. Uh, so far this year versus Red Deer, he's had three games. He's had two goals and four assists. So we'll see if he can get those six points in those first two two games of the um, uh, of the week. Um, I think that he is more than capable. I'm not going to put limitations on Bedard anymore. I think that... <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I think that he'll get six points in the first two games of the... I actually think he's going to get seven points in the first two games. I'm not sure exactly how I want to divide that up. Um, but if I had to, I'd probably do three against Winnipeg and four against Red Deer. And then they play Saskatoon in two games this year. He's had four goals and three assists. Um, that's a massive game for Regina as well, like all of them. So uh, I think that he's going to show up for that game as well. But I think that... By the end of the week, we could be talking about Bedard at 123 points in 48 games. Um, which would be awesome. Um, I'm with you. I'm also thinking that he's going to hit that magic 121 in 47 so that he can be one point better than what McDavid did during his uh, his full draft season. And uh, that would be a heck of a feather in his cap if he can, if he can pull that off. And uh, as you've said, it's great to see Regina um, winning games as well because uh, – I don't know about you, but uh, my WHL playoffs will be a lot better if Connor Bedard is in them and uh, in a perfect world if he's in them for a little while. So uh, that's uh, that's that's what I'm hoping to see as we get a little bit closer to the end. I don't know who I want him to beat out or knock out or who has to miss at his expense, but I just I'm just here for the story. That's my uh, that's my play. Um, last words. Anything else you want to share before we uh, sign off for the week, Adam? Um, it's going to be an exciting week of WHL hockey especially in the Western Conference, because we could potentially see the Vancouver Giants clinch. And uh, big um, congratulations to a couple of uh, people in the Vancouver Giants organization. First, Brent Seabrook goes into the BC Hall of Fame. Uh, and that 2007 Vancouver Giants Championship Memorial Cup winning team, a uh, game that I was lucky enough to attend as a fan back in the day, they have also been inducted into the BC Hockey Hall of, or BC Hall of Fame. Uh, no, it is the BC Hockey Hall of Fame. That's right. Sorry, BC Hockey Hall of Fame, yes. So congratulations to both and everybody who uh, was inducted. Um, it's a great organization and a great way to showcase hockey in the province of BC. Um, and the induction ceremony will take place, as it always does, in the summer in Penticton, so everybody can enjoy good times in the fabulous Okanagan when the, uh, when the time comes. And that's the... Uh, the location for the BC Hockey Hall of Fame Museum. 
Uh, that's our show for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again, as always, for watching, listening, wherever you're uh, plugged in, tuned in, and listening to us. We really appreciate it. And uh, as Adam said, with the playoff race heating up more and more, we'll be back next week with the latest updates and uh, fill you in on how Bedard Watch is going and whether or not more records are falling under his uh, lightning fast shot release and all the other uh, good stuff that he does. Uh, we'll see you again then. Happy trade deadline if you celebrate and uh, have a great week.